You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. So sports may be hard to come by at the moment. Nothing's permanent. I'm not saying it's permanent. But The Dan Patrick Show is impossible to miss. From our podcast to YouTube to the iHeartRadio app. Listen any way you want, anytime, anywhere. (coughs) Get away from me. Probably at your house. I'm just going to make some assumptions. It's the Dan Patrick Show. Doug Gottlieb, Fox Sports Radio host. We have to stop this nonsense about the Packers somehow disrespecting Aaron Rodgers. Hey, this is just my opinion. They gave him more money than any player in the history of the sport just last year. Bringing you the biggest guests. Doug and I will never agree on things. And better opinions. All right, Wilbon, let me start there. It's unbelievable arrogance. It just is. Can you handle it differently? Do people never learn anything about the way you handle something? Apparently not. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. Made it to the final hour on this Friday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, Meat Friday, Traeger Meat Friday. Got the Traegers fired up there. Italian beef for those in the Man Cave. We'll let the other Danettes know how it tastes. Fritzy, McLovin, Seton, Italian beef. Sandwiches. Mmm. Smells good, right, Holly? <laughs> Smells really good. I don't want to rub it in. I do. I do. Yes, Seton. I got a New York strip going on the grill later on tonight for Ooh. dinner. Yep. Okay. I'm doesn't mean that I don't I'm not missing that Italian sandwich you're working beef. on today, but Italian beef. Bob Costas, as we make the segue. Bob Costas will join us coming up in about fifteen minutes or so. We'll talk to him about Baseball's plans here. Also, Bob was on the call for uh, Michael Jordan's last game as a Chicago Bull in uh, Utah that night. He hit the jumper to win the NBA championship. So Bob will join us coming up in a little bit. Still don't have a winner for Fritzy's scoreboard challenge. Today's number seven and 24. The clue is express yourself. Be a thief. Correct. All right. Seven and 24. Well, I haven't seen this day in sports history, so I don't even know. Uh, I'm going to say, is it L.A. Express or the Pony Express for Express Yourself? And Be a Thief feels like Ricky Henderson. Hmm. Now, I can't guess because we don't have a, a winner yet. Yeah, Paul. I know the seven based off Express Yourself. I'm well, not, no, you can't say I it. I won't give it. Yeah. I got it. Because I, I know the 24, but I can't say... I, I can help you with the hint. I could exacerbate the hint. Express is a nickname for the hint, for the um, seven. Okay. Well, we don't want to make it too easy. No. I think we just made it too easy, but uh, yeah. That's... I, can give you, I can give you one more. No, 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 no. It doesn't no. give it away. It doesn't give it away. Like give it away, give it away, give it away now? Give it away now. Okay. Both involve the same year. Is that, that's, that uh, is helpful, but not giving it away. Oh, I know who this is. Okay. Uh, what shirt do you have on today, Todd? This is a Von Miller shirt. He is uh, no longer the coronavirus. And, uh, he actually may be coming on the show in the uh, coming days, and I thought it would be nice uh, on a Friday to give some love to uh, my man Von Miller as he's uh, relaxing at home and no longer has the coronavirus in his system. So good for number 58. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm happy about that. All right. Final hour coming up. Uh, are we going to stay with the poll question, McLevin? 
I actually just switched it over to, uh, on the win total question, who wins the most games? Your question from earlier, mm. giving the top five Vegas odds, Ravens, Chiefs, Niners, Saints, and I'm going to put the Bucks in there. They're fifth, just for clicks. I am surprised the Buccaneers are at a 10-win total. Just feels... That's your fault. No, it's not. You I mean, put it out there. You got everyone in the country excited yeah. for the Bucs. You I'm did it. serious. Like, you I single, started that at Snowball. I single-handedly did this. So I came up with the Tampa Bay t-shirt, and I get credit and blame for that. And now I'm going to get credit and blame for the Buccaneers' win total being 10. You were excited about them before they signed Brady. Oh, I know. I was. Well, I thought they were a playoff team. You know, if Teddy Bridgewater went there, I said they were a playoff team. So you get uh, Tampa Bay, and uh, you're good to go. We spent uh, a, a little bit of uh, the last hour talking about Danny Cannell, former NFL quarterback, went on the herd, and he said that uh, Aaron Rodgers is Jay Cutler with a ring. Um, I, I think he means that he's his demeanor, his personality, maybe that he's not the leader that Jay Cutler is. I don't know why you say he's Jay Cutler with a ring. He's so much better than Jay Cutler. I, I mean, he does have a ring. Let's view that as an accomplishment for Aaron Rodgers. There are a lot of quarterbacks who don't have rings. And there are a few quarterbacks, great quarterbacks, who have one ring here. Career winning percentage. Jay Cutler won 48% of his games. Aaron Rodgers won 65% of his games. That's the 11th best winning percentage of all time. He's not Jay Cutler with a ring. You might say a similar personality, aloof. Okay. But talent-wise, results-wise, that's silly. NCAA's top governing body announced that uh, they will support athletes' ability to profit off their own image. We're still trying to get all the information with this, and so is the NCAA. It's no surprise that the NCAA's recommendations would probably work well for the NCAA. They, they don't want to take on the burden of paying players. That's what I feel like this is about. Now, they say that there's going to be safeguards against boosters taking advantage of the new system. I don't know how they can ensure that because let's be honest with the NCAA. The NCAA doesn't investigate somebody unless Yahoo Sports or ESPN or Bleacher Report puts something on their lap, on their table, on their desk and says, hey, there's something going on here. That's when they usually investigate somebody. Now I'm going to have the NCAA have to have more investigators to keep an eye on all of these schools, and somebody might be doing something nefarious where a booster is going to be a sugar daddy to a lot of players, that is not going to happen. The NCAA didn't have much of a choice, though. Public sentiment and the legal community made the move inevitable. College players were going to you know, somehow earn money, and the NCAA faces the task of enforcing a new set of rules that could be murkier than the current ones. I don't think this helps. Because this is what I'm getting from the apologist. Well, there's only a couple of uh, players, you know, maybe the quarterback, star quarterback, uh, you know, LSU's quarterback, or, uh, you know, maybe the quarterback at Clemson. No, that's not what this is all about. I think it's if I had somebody who was going to, if I knew Georgia paid more than Alabama, I wanted to play in the SEC, play for a quality program, quality coach, would I go to Georgia? Right? I mean, this is, this is all about recruiting. In the SEC, you get them in, and if I have a booster who's going to go, hey, you know what? You can make X number of dollars. This is what I'm asking you to do. Come on down to my car dealership uh, every Sunday after Saturday's game and sign autographs. 
or bring down your offensive line and everybody. Are there limitations on how much you can earn? Is the IRS going to be monitoring this? Like there's so much involved in this. And I know that the NCAA wants to say, hey, we can't pay you, but we can give you the opportunity to profit off your likeness, off your image. They got to be more buttoned up because I, if they, are they starting it this year? And if they are, well, I'd love to know what those guidelines are. Now, you know, I mean, I'm looking at this at 2021, which, which is great, but even then, I, I have my doubts. You can't profit off your likeness or your image before, but now you can. What does that mean? What can I get? Do I go into a restaurant and I don't pay? Do I get a car and I don't pay? Like, what? This is my image. You're going to sell me a car. You're going to lease me a car. I just want to know what the limitations are. And maybe this helps a smaller school. Maybe. Where you go, hey, they give you a little bit more money than one of the, uh, like a mid-major would give you more money than maybe a smaller major college. So let's say, throw out a school, Miami of Ohio is going to give you a little bit more because they have a, uh, you know, a philanthropic booster, more than you'll get at Maryland or Rutgers. Okay, maybe you'll get some of those uh, players. But I, I just want to know what these guidelines are. I'm, I'm for the players getting something, and I, I do realize there's, you know, occasionally there's a Johnny Manziel. Trevor Lawrence, wasn't Trevor Lawrence just trying to start a charity with his girlfriend, and the NCAA wouldn't let him do that? And now they're going to go, hey, come on in, do whatever you want here. Who's reporting the income here? Who's monitoring all of this stuff? And the NCAA, they got a big building in Indianapolis. I don't think they take up all the rooms in that big building in Indianapolis. Yeah, Paulie? I think you made a good point that mid-level programs will identify this and capitalize. If you could find a single big money booster and say, let's organize something here. Let's start recruiting and letting our players know at Miami of Ohio that we're going to, if you join the football team and you pass on Ohio State, let's say you're really close to going to Ohio State, but you can be the star at Miami of Ohio. I know that's not where it usually happens, but here's what we could provide you revenue-wise if you don't go pro for your four years here. I just think they're asking for, for trouble. And I was listening to uh, Outkick the Coverage this morning, and you know, just the, the topic of can somebody who is a smaller school benefit from this, where Southern Miss could offer more money than maybe Ole Miss does. And maybe you don't get the marquee guy, but you get that secondary star guy, and then he becomes a star at your place. But I, I think it's interesting what's going to unfold here, and we have a little bit of time. The other thing to keep an eye on is, are you going to have rogue conferences? Let's say the SEC says, hey, we're going to play football this fall. And they just play against each other. Or if the Big Ten does this, Iowa is going to open up its athletic practices, including college football, June 1st. The University of Iowa made the announcement yesterday, and all of a sudden the college football world went, wait a minute here. Iowa, the president said athletes planning to resume practice, including football players June 1st, were hopeful that this will be behind us at this point. June 1st is by far the earliest any big school has announced athletics will resume. Now you're, they will get an unfair advantage. Depending on the state that you're in, 
what are the parameters on quarantine, what the governor is going to allow you to do, and now you have Iowa doing this. What happens when you have Mississippi State or Ole Miss or Florida? They decide that they want to do it. And then are you giving somebody an unfair advantage here? Because Iowa's going to get to practice, whereas the Big Ten, other Big Ten schools will not. This is just uncharted territory, and I, I, I would love to say, by June 1st, we're going to have the light at the end of the tunnel. I just don't see how it's possible. I love that we want to be positive, progressive. We, we want to seek solutions here. Setting these dates is so dangerous. It just is. I said it earlier in the week. It just is. Yeah, Pauline. But I wonder, like, Iowa doesn't seem like a, a program that does things haphazardly. They're a pretty good program. They very, never get in trouble. I wonder if they think, hey, we'll take the lead in this and let it all fall out. And we'll take a little bit of a hit. We'll take whatever we can get. But they're also a program that says, hey, we need every advantage we can in the Big Ten. But shouldn't the Big Ten commissioner say, we all go in at the same time? Can he do that? Are they independent programs? Well, I would think the commissioner would have jurisdiction over yeah. all of the schools to say, is it Bob Delaney? Is he still the commissioner of the Big Ten? Yep. But that's where you say, look, we're, we're glad that you might be able to come back, but we have to make it so everybody can come back at the same time. Yes, he I mean, it, it has to be a state-by-state, state, uh, done on a state-by-state state basis because each state is handling these things differently. Mm-hmm. Like, Iowa doesn't have a stay-at-home order. Their businesses are reopening. They're way ahead of a state like, you know, uh, California or New York or any of these other places that are getting hit harder. I just wonder if you're going to have a conference that uh, just says, hey, we're going to play football. And, you know, we may not have students on campus, but we're going to play football. And the SEC sort of said that yesterday. We're, we're planning on playing on Labor Day weekend. Okay. And maybe they do, but I can't see fans in the stands. But you're going to have these players come back. Yeah, McLevin. Pauly said this earlier in the week, but does college football need fans more than the NFL? It feels like a fan event in some way. It feels really weird to think of college football without a packed stadium. It would be weird to have college game day go to a college campus and then there's no people holding up silly signs behind them. So, yeah, the atmosphere with college football certainly separates it from most sports. You need that. that college football brings more atmosphere than any other sport. Any other uh, fan base? Yeah, Paul. I saw a story in Sports Business Journal about a week ago that said this, McLovin. Uh, mid-level and lower-level college football teams rely on the gate a lot more because their TV deals are not massive. If you're like um, University of Illinois football, you want 65000 if you can get them in there because that's that's where your money is. You don't get as much of that Big Ten pie, and, and you're not going to the uh, Big Ten title game and that money and the BCS games where you make all your money. Alabama can afford people not coming to games. LSU could afford people not coming to games because of their TV deals and BCS money. So, you know, trying to figure this out, if you're running a university and you're going to say, we want our football team to come back, when can you come back? When, when can you provide the safeguards? Let's say you're saying to the, the parents of these players, how do I know they're, they're safe? Is, are you going to have testing for everybody? You know, the NBA wants to do this and have testing for everybody. We don't have testing for everybody, but we're going to get testing for basketball players to play at Walt Disney Resort. I, I, I'd love to be idealistic. I like to think positive with this. I just I can't help but think what the reality is right now. 
And June 1st is, that's a month away. And we're talking about that they're going to come back and resume practicing. It just seems aggressive. And it feels like that is a date that is just begging to be changed to, on further review, June 15th is when we're going to come back here. All right, Bob Costas will join us coming up. Phone calls are welcome, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Yes, Paulie? Issue a correction. Kevin Warren is the new Big Ten commissioner. Okay. Last uh, June, he took the job. All right, Bob stepped down. Bob Delaney. Jim Delaney. Jim Delaney. You're thinking Bob Bowlesby. Bob Bowlesby, no relation to Jim Delaney. Right, and Kevin Warren is in the seat for the Big Ten. Yes, McLovin. Uh. I have a, uh, sorry, that was a kid situation. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if any of the other remote guys have that. I, I'm so sorry. Yeah. What's the situation? So one of the kids wants a snack. And the problem is when they <laughs> rush it through the pretzels, and if you call on me, you can hear that right into my mic. <laughs> I still go back to when I did the show at home on a Friday when I was at ESPN. And we, we built a, a studio up in my attic. And it sounded great. You couldn't tell that I wasn't on campus. And, and so I'm there, and we were on 1 to 4 Eastern. And, and it was only on Friday, and I, I hear this knock on the door, and it's a really polite knock. And, and, and so I, I, you know, somebody's knocking, but I'm on the air, and I can't do anything about it. And then I open the door, or no, I, I get ready to get up, and I see a note that goes underneath the door. And I walk over, and it says, uh, Lou ate M&M. Now, it was Lou's the dog, and M&M was spelled like the rapper M&M. I think my dog has ingested a CD. And I'm on the air during a commercial break. I open the door, and then my daughter Grace is outside, and she goes, Dad, I didn't want to interrupt you, but Lou ate an M&M. And I said, did he eat a CD? She goes, no, no, he ate an M M&M. and M. I said, what's spelled like M and and M, not the rapper. And she goes, oh, okay, but yeah, he swallowed an M and M. And I go, is he okay? Yeah, he is now. He threw it up. And I go, all right, honey, thank you, thank you. And then you go back on the air and you're going, yeah, it's great to be home. Yeah, Paul. I've heard that a few times that dogs can't eat chocolate. What's that about? Is that true? Dogs are not supposed to eat chocolate? Yeah, it's like poisonous for them. Really? I, I've heard that. But you have to eat a lot of it, I think. Oh. I've heard that a few times from people. Don't give a dog chocolate. Yeah. Oh, I never heard that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we'll so take... You probably want to stop feeding your dog's chocolate. Yeah. Food. Yeah. <laughs> Going to take a break here. Bob Costas will join us uh, coming up here. And uh, phone calls are welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Uh, 19 after the hour. Here on the Dan Patrick Show. You check things all the time. Your email, Instagram. Check something important as your credit. When's the last time you did that? Discover makes it quick and easy. Best of all, it's free. By the way, you got a great credit card. And, uh, you know, they give you money back. That money back guarantee uh, on the first year. They, they do so many innovative things. Discover's now offering FICO credit scores. And that's the score used by 90% of top lenders. And they do that for free, even if you're not a customer. Check out your score. It won't hurt your, uh, your credit. You can check each month for changes. The Discover Credit Scorecard, it's free for everyone. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply.
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Terry from York, Pennsylvania won Fritzy's scoreboard challenge. The numbers were 7 and 24. My guess was 24 was Ricky Henderson. Correct. And the seven, the seven would have been Nolan Ryan's seventh no-hitter. He struck out Ricky Henderson with the final at-bat. Beats Toronto 3 nothing at age 44. Oldest to throw a no-hitter. That's right. Number seven is Nolan Ryan's seventh no-hitter. And Ricky wore number 24 with the A's when he uh, broke the stolen base record. Do you still want to do this day in sports history later, Paul? Yeah, I can take the day off. All righty. Fair enough. Uh, with most sports, the topic of realignment comes up every now and again. The Western Conference of the NBA has been better than the East for a while. Certain divisions in football perpetually unbalanced or just not consistently competitive. And now baseball's divisions are really hard to keep balanced. You have the national health crisis, and baseball might be experimenting with some, something completely new. USA Today reported baseball's considering three 10-division team divisions to uh, limit travel. That proposal includes the East, Central, and West. Teams would only play within the division. Of course, all of this is exploratory at this stage. It'd be interesting to see new rivalries popping up. You know, the Nationals would face the Yankees and Red Sox. Dodgers get the Astros on a regular basis. The Crosstown Angels as well. Cubs, White Sox would see a lot of each other. And I know it sounds unorthodox, but it's maybe the safest way to proceed and baseball fans will have to embrace it when we do. Speaking of which, Bob Costas, the Hall of Fame broadcaster, joining us on the program. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm okay, Dan. How are you? I'm doing okay, trying to figure out how we get baseball back. Like, now I'm hearing maybe there's a World Cup-type scenario uh, if, if we get something up later in the summer. What are you hearing as what would actually be a, a distinct possibility? Well, they have to get in some regular season games to make it representative, even if they go to a tournament type thing for the postseason. And I think that baseball fans would accept anything. I've said this before, anything short of running the bases clockwise, they'd accept uh, because of the unique circumstances. They'd accept a World Series in a dome or a warm weather neutral site. They'd accept all the experimentation. Now's the time. Uh, electronic plate umpire, pitch clock with nobody on base, everything fiddle with different postseason concepts, but you got to play at least a representative number of regular season games before you concede even an expanded uh, playoff field. The latest thing, which you were just detailing, is not something that they would go to on a permanent basis, but it might be, underline might, there's lots of proposals out there, but it might be uh, the best solution because players do not want to be quarantined uh, for several months. These are young people with young families in many cases, that's not going to work. Um, even if the stands are empty, which is certainly going to be the case at the outset, if not throughout in 2020, if they're able to play at all, even with no fans in the stands, playing in your home ballpark is going to be so much easier. You've got all the facilities and everything else in place, uh, and then players would be able to go home. And on the road, you quarantine them in a single hotel that seems, that seems doable. But as you look at it from a medical standpoint, we're not experts, but we can see that there are a lot of hurdles to clear before they can say with some sort of assurance, they can responsibly say, yes, this is safe to do. 
not just practical to do, but safe to do. Do you work backwards if you're baseball? I know that Scott Boris said, hey, we could have baseball right after Christmas and you could have a World Series then. I don't know if you say this is the last date that we would have baseball. Now we work back and say, can we get in 100 games or whatever is going to be constitutes a fair and representative of, of a season? I think 80 is okay. Remember 1981, they played a split season because of a strike. So you had separate division champions from the first half and the second half. The Dodgers wound up winning the World Series, and nobody considers that illegitimate. But your point is well taken. You've got to work backwards because assuming if you're able to play in some way at all in 2020, you're then assuming there's going to be a full season in 2021. Fingers crossed. If that's the case, you can't play into January and then turn around and have spring training. Yeah, it's just you, you hear all these scenarios, and, and I applaud these leagues for thinking out of the box. I just get nervous when I hear these arbitrary dates where, you know, we're going to start now. Uh, we're going to we plan on playing this many games. We, we don't know. This changes every day. It changes, it feels like, sure. a couple of times a day. I just don't know. And Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, and said, hey, whoever wins this year, there's no asterisk attached to this. I, I don't even want to worry about a, an asterisk. I want to worry about, can, can we actually play? Then we can worry about the damn asterisk after this. When do you think there's yeah. a start date that you would say, that, that to me sounds plausible? I wouldn't even venture a guess. Okay. Everything keeps changing, even with the experts from a medical standpoint. It's just an educated guess. Um, so the, the leagues, all of them, not just baseball, they're all right to have various contingency plans, best case scenarios, worst case scenarios, everything in between. And I think this is a good opportunity for baseball to send up all the trial balloons. You know, I heard one that's floating around. I wish I had thought of it myself. And this would be for when they're able to play a full season and things have returned to normal. We talked about this before, Dan. Baseball has an interest in creating more postseason revenue and more inventory and therefore revenue. And one suggestion we talked about a couple of months ago was only the one division winner, the number one, gets a buy, yeah. and the other two division winners have to be thrown in with the wild cards. And I didn't like that because it minimizes the importance of the regular season and puts those division winners in a crapshoot. Here's a new idea. I wish I could claim it, but I've heard it. Three division winners, as ever. Four wild cards. So you've expanded the postseason by four teams, two additional teams in each league. But here's the way it goes. All three division winners get a bye, which they've earned. Now you've got a knockout series where the one wild card that will emerge into the division series has to win two games. One plays four, one game on the home field of the number one wild card. Two plays three on the home field of the number two. The two survivors meet on the home field of the highest remaining seed, and the winner moves into the division series. Now you've expanded the playoffs, yes. You've provided television with additional single elimination games, which they love, but you've actually put more emphasis on the long regular season because the division winners stand completely apart from the wild card round. And now the wild card survivor has to win two games instead of one. Use pitchers. They're at a disadvantage going into the postseason. You've accomplished two things. You've modernized by expanding the playoffs, but you've also put additional emphasis, old school style, on the regular season. I wish I'd thought of it myself. 
is this a one-off or do you would you like this proposed as baseball moves forward when we actually have a regular you know 162 game schedule no i think this makes sense going forward okay. with a full season under normal circumstances what they do this year uh, i I'd, I'd be open to anything this year uh because the circumstances are so different this time around i think baseball fans would accept anything have you called a game with no fans Nah. Oh, no, with no fans, with no fans. Um, uh, well, you know, I was the voice of the spirits of St. Louis from the mid seventies. And there were some games with, <laughs> you know, there were some games then, and you're a basketball guy. I swear the, the spirits against the San Antonio Spurs. And here's Marvin Barnes right in front of me as I'm sitting courtside about to inbound guarded by George Gervin. And there's a crowd of 812 in a 19,000 seat arena. You got time for a story? Yes. Okay. Rudy Martsky, who we all know as the first and long-running sports TV critic for the USA Today, now happily retired in Florida. Rudy was the director of operations for the Spirits of St. Louis. And now there's a timeout, and they've announced the crowd as something like 3,000 or something. And I look around, and there's <laughs> clusters of fans, and it doesn't add up. So I go to Rudy. And I say, Rudy, it's bad enough that we have this tiny crowd, but now we're going to lie about it like three or four times over? And this is what he says. Did it ever occur to you, you little wise ass, that maybe, maybe there are some people at the concession stands or at the restrooms? And I say, Rudy, let's test your premise. Let's suppose there was a sellout. Let's suppose there were 19,000 fans here. What's the chance that at any given time, other than halftime, 9,500 of them are buying a hot dog or relieving themselves? And he gets all flustered. He goes, just sit your ass back down and call the damn game. I used to go, we're talking to Bob Costas, I used to go to the Cincinnati Royals games. And yeah. we would sneak in, and I could eventually end up in the front row. I, I sat in the front row when the Bulls came to town with Howard Porter they had Jerry Sloan. I actually saw Jerry Sloan play in person. Bob Weiss. Wow. Like all of these, you know, these, you know, it, it was the Royals against the Bulls and nobody cared. And they would announce the crowd at like 2,000. And, and we actually counted one night and it was 519 because the game mm -hmm. wasn't you know, interesting. But, you know, they, the whole we're going to lie about the size of a crowd. I witnessed that firsthand, you know, with the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Royals. But I don't know how that would affect you if you call a game and there's no crowd there. How much do you play off of that crowd when you're calling a game? Oh, you have to. Uh, not just when the crowd surges on a big play, uh, you'd be missing that excitement. But let's say it's just baseball. There's a murmur of the crowd at all times. I heard Joe Buck the other night on Real Sports on HBO with Brian Gumbel. Joe thought there was some merit to the idea of pumping in crowd sound. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Know. I don't know. I'm fine with that. Everything. You, you can try every out-of-the-box sure. thing under these circumstances. I'm fine with that. The uh, Bulls documentary, you watching? Oh, yeah. Haven't missed a second of it. I think it's great. What are you – um, because you're involved in this, because NBC carried uh, mm -hmm. the NBA for such a long period of time. You were there for Michael's final game with the Bulls. Did you know at the time that was going to be his final game with the Bulls? I think we all strongly suspected it. And that's why um, 
even as exciting and significant as that game was, simply as an NBA final series, it was one of the best. But my comments at the end, I tried to frame it. I didn't know for sure that it was the end, but I assumed it was a very strong possibility. So in addition to just calling what was a very exciting game, I tried to frame it in in that context, that this was the end of one of the most memorable runs by a team in American sports history, and certainly one of the most transcendent players uh, in any sport. I don't know if Babe Ruth was as beloved when he played, when he went around these other parks, because Michael is be- was beloved. You know, fans couldn't wait to see him, even if he was mm-hmm. going to get 40 on their team. I-, I don't know. Do you recall if Babe Ruth was... I know he was a phenomenon, but was he beloved the way Michael was beloved each town? Do I recall it firsthand, Dan, when I put on my fedora and, and wrote a street card on a ball game and, and took my date on Ladies' Day for a quarter to see the babe face Walter Johnson and the Senators? Hey, smartass, just sit down. <laughs> now, do you think that babe was, was admired that way of anything you've ever heard or read? Yeah, he was a gigantic force, and even though it seems like, well, it doesn't seem like it is 100 years ago, in the 1920s, baseball and the country are moving into a different era. You got the beginning of some kind of mass communication. You got radio and and whatnot, but still there's enough distance so that everything that someone like Ruth did, or for that matter, uh, a Jesse Owens or a Red Grange or a Jack Dempsey, any of the big heroes of of that era, Joe Lewis a little bit later, there's an element of myth and legend surrounding it. Um, and maybe some of the stories are apocryphal. You don't have that now. Uh, we get to see everything, yeah. and then we get to replay it and dissect it and analyze it. Would, would Babe Ruth's called shot be a controversy at all or something that, well, I saw it this way, you saw it that way, today? <laughs> In 10 seconds, we'd know whether he did it or not. I wonder how the Bulls would do now. We, get, we, we grew tired of Golden State Warriors. Uh, it felt like people grew tired of the Patriots. People grew tired of the San yeah. Antonio Spurs. If the Bulls were playing now and, and had this dynasty, would we treat them the same way? Would they be as beloved? Because we tend to chop up everything nowadays, and everything is available there. Would they wear out their welcome? Well, Michael Jordan was a singular figure. Uh, taking nothing away from other great players, including the great players, Steph Curry and more on, on the Golden State Warriors. There was something about Jordan. Uh, if, if you imagined from central casting a leading man uh, for that whole decade or more, uh, that person is Michael Jordan. So I think he would still be just as compelling. But your larger point is true, Dan. Nothing is fully appreciated anymore. Nothing is. In our business, And you'll understand the context in which I say this. Has there ever been someone better at what he did in our business than Vin Scully or Jim McKay hosting the Olympics? I guarantee you, if they were each 40 years old and plying their trade on national television today, there'd be all kinds of social media sniping (laughs) at them, you know, and people calling them an idiot while misspelling idiot in their moronic posts. Not, not, nothing, nothing, even the best gets full appreciation anymore. So, you know, would, would, would it be different? Sure it would. It's only a little more than 20 years ago, but it seems like eons ago. You're right. I wonder how they would critique Vin Scully's style now. 
oh, you think you're so good, you don't have to have an analyst there, like, you know, right. you're so... <laughs> Hey, cut, 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 the, cut, the, cut the poetry, Robert Frost, and, and give me the balls and strikes. Oh, you're right. Oh, thanks for making me laugh. Hey, uh, great to talk right, to you. Dan. Hope everything's well, and uh, we appreciate your time as always, Bob. Stay well, Dan. All right. That's yeah. Bob Costas, Hall of Famer, uh, MLB Network host. Spent 40 years at NBC. Yeah, when NBC had uh, the NBA, NBA on NBC, and you know Bob was hosting, and then of course got into. Then you had Marv in there. John Tesh, I think, came up with that uh, music for for NBC. I think did John Tesh do Entertainment Tonight? Did he do that theme music and the NBA on NBC as well? I think John Tesh might have done uh, both of those. All right, we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. We, uh, oh, that's right. The Danettes, just Paulie's here to have the Italian beef. Mm. Yeah. I, you know, it doesn't look that great. It, it doesn't. It, it, I mean, it ta- it's going to taste great. I, it just doesn't look <laughs> as good as the Italian beef we had a couple of weeks ago. We'll be thinking of you, though. All right, we're back. Close up shop here on the Dan Patrick Show right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. All righty. We'll close up shop here. Also, um, a friend of the show, Danny Reese and his fiance Kelly, they were scheduled to get married tomorrow. They're big fans. They listen every day. They're going to have to reschedule later on this summer. And they're in Los Angeles, I believe. So who knows what's going to happen. But uh, pretty tough weekend for them and uh, the mother-in-laws. Were you trying to plan a wedding? Uh, so our best to uh, Danny and his fiance. Hopefully you get that wedding. You know, because you you got to schedule these weddings so far in advance to be able to make sure you get the church, you know, the reception area, reception hall. Uh, you know, my sister's uh, daughter, she's had to postpone her wedding uh, already once. And now it's supposed to be, I think, in July. And who knows, all bets might be off then as well. But uh, there's a few. I, I see there's uh, some of these wedding ceremonies where just the bride and groom show up and they have mask on, gloves on. And uh, they had um, placards. They had pictures of people who would have been sitting in the church. <laughs> Which I thought was brilliant. You know, you have your your wedding, but it's not quite what you thought it was going to be, but you make the best of it. What if you could take pictures that way and have everyone dress up as if they're for the wedding at home and just have some uh, computer guys Photoshop all the pictures together in a nice setting, like Photoshop your pictures together. But that's what they did with the church. So when you turn around, you just saw this, all these different pictures that they had put on the seats in the pews there at uh, church. Mike in Florida joins us. Mike, what's on your mind? Dan, how's it going? I just want to say what I learned today is the word apocryphal that uh, Bob Costas just used. And uh, whenever him or Al Michaels come on, it's definitely a learning experience for me. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Well, thank you, Mike. Yeah. You know, that's what Bob has been doing for 40 years now. And we take it for granted. But knowing the effort that it takes to do what Bob does, like to make it look easy is the hard part. 
And, and I always say that, you know, Bob has made more people think they can do this than probably any other sportscaster because he makes it look easy, and it's not. Uh, this day in sports history, did we have any leftovers from Paulie's uh, or uh, Fritzy's scoreboard challenge? Got a few, Dan. 1920, Babe Ruth hit his first home run as a New York Overrated. Yankee. Overrated. Yep. Satchel Page, 1926, made his pitching debut in the Negro Southern League. 1951, Mickey Mantle hit his first home run. 1962, Bo Belinsky pitched his a no-hitter in his fourth career start. Here's a good one. 1969, Leonard Toes bought the NFL's Philadelphia Eagles for $16 million. Yeah, and he had a gambling problem, ended up losing the team there. So Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth hit their first home run on the same day? Correct. Now, Babe Ruth was his first Yankee home run. Mickey oh, okay. Mantle was his first okay. career home run. All right. Oh, boy. Final results of the poll question, McLovin, what do you have? Who's going to win the most games this NFL regular season? Chiefs won, Ravens two. Bucks not high up on there, which is okay. Yeah, I don't want them to be high up there. I, I would like for them to be at eight and a half wins. But ten? It just, uh, I don't know. And my Cowboys, I'm all in on my Cowboys this year. Defense be damned. Full speed ahead. We're going to be the NFC. We're going to be the NFC. When did I fall in love with the Cowboys? I hated the Cowboys growing up. Because they're always so good. I think you like the entertainment value of the Cowboys. The whole franchise. Yeah, I'm fast, I'm fascinated by it. And I do like Dak Prescott. And and Jerry is a very entertaining owner. But one of these years, the Cowboys get it right. Again, finally. Fritzy, what did you learn on today's program? I learned that Bob Costafield's Major League Baseball needs to play at least 80 games to have a legitimate season. By the way, that Italian beef we have on the Traeger, uh, here we go. it's not that good. Yeah, right. Right, Paulie? No, it's yeah. not that good. Yeah, you're not missing Why don't we pretend today's National Honesty Day and tell us what's really going on? Oh, my God. You're, it is so damn good. It, it, is, <laughs> it is criminal how good this Italian there beef is. It's criminal. I'll go. I'll serve, you know, 10 years. It's that criminal. McLevin, what did you learn today? We had an idea for a movie about a middle-aged Napoleon Dynamite. Well, we sort of did. A sequel, yeah. A sequel. Yeah, I don't, I don't like sequels. I'm, I'm good without a sequel. There's certain, you know, I get it with Rocky and some of the Star Wars things, but I, I don't need a sequel. A lot of movies are great, and they stand alone. Yeah, Paul. Hey, this is what I learned. I put it out there, what sequel you'd like to see. A lot of people want to see He Got Game sequel, a lot of people want to see a Bull Durham sequel, sports fans who responded. Well, I did, you know, we talked to Kevin Costner about that. I said, what if you're the manager or you own a team in the Southern League and you're still married to Susan Sarandon? Okay. Tim Robbins is retired. He comes back as the pitching coach. But I don't need it. I, I, don't, need a, I don't need a sequel to Bull Durham. Seton O'Connor Jr. the third. Uh, people with red hair look younger. Yeah, I don't know if that's scientific or not. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that. Ronald McDonald. Paulie? <laughs> I'm sticking with seeing red hair. Make you look young. Yeah. What we learned brought to you by 1-800-Flowers. This Mother's Day, no matter what the distance is between you, there's still a way to make every mom feel loved. 1-800-Flowers. Assorted tulips, 30 of them, $39.99 to order. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click on the radio icon, enter the code Patrick. Have a great weekend, safe weekend. Talk to you Monday. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. 
Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.